Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And in this episode, we're breaking down all the big nominations from award season 2021. Let's do it, Lee. Lots to cover off. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies and no better time to talk about all things movies than awards season. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Tim. It really is. It's like Christmas coming again. Yay. Only a couple of months later. Mm-hmm. Lots to cover off here, mm-hmm. Lee. What's the plan here? We're going to discuss the Golden Globe nominations. Yeah. We're then going to jump into the SAG Award nominations mm-hmm. and then finish things off with uh, the Critics' Choice Award nominations. That sounds good to me. Let's kick it off with the Golden Globes and Best Motion Picture Drama. Now, some expected films here, pretty standard, yeah? We've got The Father, Mank, Land, Promising Young Woman and The Trial of the Chicago 7. What's notable here is the two Netflix titles. Yeah, so we've got Mank, which is a Netflix film, and then The Trial of Chicago 7, Mm. which also rounds out the two noms in this category for that streamer. Both great films. Both deserve to be there. And especially during the Golden Globes, I think there's been a lot of talk recently about these award nominations featuring so many streaming services. But as we know, 
it's been an unusual time, hasn't it? So, of course, people have been watching things on streaming more and it's opened the door for streaming services to come into these nominations a lot more. Yeah, it's really changed the landscape of these uh, Mm. award nominations. Mm. And I think forever, it's been a platform 2020 with COVID and cinemas being shut down internationally Mm. to allow streaming titles to kind of be seen and heard a little bit louder and clearer than previously heard Mm. and seen. And now they're kind of almost in many ways dominating the award circuit and uh, there's no doubt that when we cover off all these different award ceremonies that Netflix, Amazon and the like are just riddled all the way through. Mm. Now, what do you think of these nominations? Was there anything missing here? Well, interestingly, the Golden Globes kind of sections off their best picture category by then having a a musical and comedy section. Mm. So it might be worth just jumping into that straight after this to kind of round it out. But Mm. I think that a lot of these films are really deserving. We haven't released our review of The Father yet, but we will be doing so very soon. And we have some really wonderful things to say there, and I think it's definitely deserving. Oh, incredible film. I really can't wait until we get that review out because, honestly, it's it's amazing. And, Lee, you must be stoked at seeing Promising Young Woman in the Best Drama category. Yeah. Yep. Very excited to see that in there, but expected, of course. Expected, definitely. It really did push the boundaries and do some very unique things. And Nomadland is one that I'm really proud of seeing in this this list of of great films as well. Absolutely. So you wanted to mention uh, the Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. So in there, again, there's a lot of streaming nominations, isn't there? You've got Borat, subsequent movie film. Yes, from Amazon Studios. Hamilton, which is actually quite surprising because it's not really a traditional film as such, is it? No, and spoiler alert, I don't think across the SAGs or the Critics' Choice does Hamilton pop up no. even once. No. So I think this is actually bullshit, to be honest. It is basically a couple of pointed cameras on the stage and they're calling it one of the best films of the year. Now, don't get me wrong. I've seen Hamilton on the West End. I was Mm. very lucky to see it in Christmas in 2019 when I was in London. Mm. But this isn't a film. It's, It's just a version of the stage production. So to see this in there and pushing out other really notable, worthy films from my perspective is just a little bit of a... Uh, slap in the face but it's a very golden globes thing to do i think yeah i'm surprised to see music included in this because that's getting a lot of flack at the moment for its portrayal of people on the spectrum and maddie ziegler who doesn't have autism playing a character who does have autism it's It's a very controversial move on behalf of Sia. Yeah, and I think that it's very interesting that this film has been given such a a platform here because there's a couple of nominations that this that Sia's film has been nominated for. Mm. And it's a bit of a risk, I think, politically, in light of all those conversations happening about the film. I think I agree. One movie that I'm really happy is included is Palm Springs, because that's a really clever, quirky, original film. It starred Andy Samberg and Christine Milioti, and it was just Really clever. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really fun inclusion in this category. Speaking of fun inclusions, Mm. I lapped up the prom and I'm really proud to see that here as well. I'm just loving it. The prom. The prom. It's just a a beautiful story. It's loud. It's very gay, obviously, uh, and I'm just (laughs) here for it. All right, let's jump to best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama. No surprises here either. We've got Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day from the United States versus Billie Holiday, 
Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand in Nomadland. We loved her performance in that. And Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. All very worthy inclusions. But where, Tim, tell me, where is Kate Winslet from Ammonite? I know you're going to be missing that one. I really am. I was convinced if you go and listen to our review of Ammonite, like that film just has award season written all over it. And it is an absolute snub from my perspective. Mm. Okay. Hard question though. This is always the game I like to play. Who would you sub out to fit Kate Winslet in here though? I don't know. It's a bit unfair. I appreciate that. Well, mm. look, I haven't seen the United States versus Billie Holiday yet, so I don't know. I'm looking at this because the calibre of performances here is extraordinary. Mm. You've got Frances McDormand, which, you know, is an absolute shoe in to win. But then you've got these career-defining performances mm. from Carrie Mulligan and Vanessa Kirby uh, and Viola Davis thrown into the mix as well. So, I mean, it's anyone's guess here. We've also got best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama, Riz Ahmed from Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Tahir Rahim from The Mauritanian. Okay, I'm going to call it here. There's the two that I think are going to mm. take this out. Obviously, only one of them can, but you know what I mean. Mm. Riz Ahmed has delivered just a beautiful performance in mm. Sound of Metal through Amazon Studios, but... I think we can both agree Anthony Hopkins is just a revelation, even this late in his career, for Mm. him to deliver that and to still surprise you by how he can bring a character to life and just have you in the palm of his hand. Like, he deserves this award so, so much. Yeah, absolutely. But there's some strong contention there, definitely. So, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. We've got Maria Bakalova from Borat, subsequent movie film. <laughs> I was laughing when I say that title. Kate Hudson in music. Michelle Pfeiffer in French Exit. Rosamund Pike in I Care A Lot and Anya Taylor-Joy in Emma. Now, we haven't got quite a few of these films in Australia yet, so it's hard to call this one. Hard to call this one, but if I could make a sense of Rosamund Pike's performance in I Care A Lot, I literally am taking this from the trailer, Mm. and boy, oh boy, this just feels like such a fun movie, and she is just so fucking Mm. kick-ass. So she's a real standout here for me personally. But as you said, yeah, there's quite a few uh, movies here that we haven't seen yet, so it's hard to gauge. Rosamund Pike does Sinister so well, and this movie feels sinister with a bit of black comedy, yeah? Oh, sprinkle some of that on. Love it. Mm -hmm. Tastes good. What about best (laughs) performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy? You've got Sasha Baron Cohen, James Corden, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Dev Patel from The Personal History of David Copperfield, which hasn't popped up anywhere else, I think. Andy Samberg in Palm Springs. Who would you call out of that one? Okay, so there's a few things that I'd like to delete out of this category, Mm -hmm. and that is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Hamilton. For Hamilton. Mm -hmm. This movie should not be nominated. I call it a movie. That piece of content should not be nominated at all here, despite how fantastic the story is. James Gordon, I mean, just a little bit insufferable in life at the moment, Mm -hmm. despite The Prom being a wonderful film. I think Sacha Baron Cohen's turn as Borat in Mm. the second film is pretty fun. 
Uh, and yeah, Dev Patel is an interesting inclusion here. Mm. Uh, but I'm kind of guessing, are you thinking Andy Samberg? Is that where you'd like to make your pick? I'm thinking Sasha Baron Cohen. I think he's an award favourite at the moment. I don't understand wow. that because I'm personally, I'm not a fan of these films, but they seem to be critically acclaimed and the Hollywood foreign press love him. So I think he's got it in the bag. Okay, interesting. Next, let's talk about the best motion picture for an animated film. Mm. We've got The Crudes, A New Age, which we've reviewed and loved uh, and keep talking about to this day. Mm. We have Onward, which is one of Pixar's latest. We have Over the Moon, which has come out of Netflix. Soul, which was a film that was one of my personal favourites of 2020, which is another Pixar film. And then rounding out the category is Wolf Walkers, uh, which is an Apple production. Animation is always a strong category because you don't get a lot of animated films throughout the year, really. No, not really. And this one's uh, pretty full to the brim. But Mm. for me, personally, without question, I have to champion soul here. I just I think it's an absolute masterpiece and it would be a real shame if this one didn't take out the crown. I think it's a shoe-in, definitely. Let's go to Best Motion Picture Foreign Language. We've got another round from Denmark, which stars Mad Mikkelsen, La Llorona from France, The Life Ahead from Italy, Minari, which is an American film but features a Korean family, and Two of Us from France. Now, we've seen Minari and we have a review coming up very soon. I loved that film, but I can't really talk on this category because I haven't seen the others, unfortunately. It's a real shame and it's kind of like I like turning the mirror on myself when I I personally need to experience other films in other languages Mm. and foreign language films. And I think it's uh, really important to do that rather than just getting institutionalized with the American and British films. But yes, Minari is just sensational. It's really Mm. the only film I can comment on. Mm. Keen to talk about this at length with you, Lee, soon and and with you guys. But um, it's kind of an awards favorite at the moment, isn't it, Minari? Let's talk about best performance by an actress in a supporting role. We've got Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy, which was torn apart, I thought. I didn't think that was the greatest film out there. Olivia Coleman in The Father, which is incredible. And she's also been nominated for The Crown in television. So she's the only actress that's been nominated across both categories, which is amazing. Wow. I hope she wins, to be honest. Jodie Foster in The Mauritanian. Amanda Seyfried in Mank, who delivered a beautiful performance in Mank. And Helena Zengel in News of the World. Now, my pick here has to be Olivia Coleman, but I'm mm. also hearing the same sentiment from many other critics, you and others alike, Lee, in that Amanda Seyfried mm. is probably going to be the award favourite in this category mm. this this season. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, she delivered a beautiful performance, but loving the father so much, I just really want Olivia yeah. Coleman to win because honestly, guys, like, you have to see this film. It is completely transformative like we saw the father quite a few months ago we were very lucky Mm. to get a really early look at that film and i find myself often thinking about that Mm. movie Mm -hmm. months and months later the impact is far reaching so and and that comes down with the performances olivia common anthony hopkins like we've mentioned now best performance by an actor in a supporting role sasha baron cohen also features here for the trial of the chicago seven I mean, Mm. he could take this out here as well. Really? Do you think so? I mean, yeah, he was great in The Trial of Chicago 7. So if he doesn't win for the Borat film, I think he'll definitely take it out here. But you've also got Daniel Kaluuya from Judas and the Black Messiah, Jared Leto from The Little Things, which we've 
reviewed, so make sure you check out our review on that one. Bill Murray in On the Rocks and Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. Now, he might be the dark horse in this one. Ah, a couple of dark horses here then. I always find that in awards uh, season that the supporting actor categories are almost some of the most competitive. Yep. And there's always the dark horses come out. They do a Stephen Bradbury and and win the gold out of nowhere. (laughs) There's a lot to take in here. I mean, Jared Leto and the Little Things, it just pains me that that film has been awarded or nominated something because it's an absolute piece of shit. You hated it. Oh, my God. I, I hated it. But, I mean, look, Jared Leto is pretty compelling in it, so I'm, I'm not surprised that he's in there. Next, Lee, let's talk about Best Director from Motion Picture. I'm really excited about this category because there are three women directors nominated. Tell us who's in there. That's the first time ever as well Yep, to have that mm. many women nominated in this category, which is just extraordinary uh, and so, so fucking good. Emerald Fennell, who directed Promising Young Woman. David Finch, who directed Mank. We've got Regina King, director of One Night in Miami. Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago 7. And Chloe Zhao for The Beautiful Nomadland. Incredible, incredible talent here. This is a hotly contested one. And you mentioned that it's the first time that three women have been nominated in this category, which Mm. is mind-blowing. But those three women are also number six, number seven, and number eight of women directors in this category for all time. Wow. So there has only ever been eight female directors nominated in this category in the history of the Golden Globes. That is absolutely Disgraceful. Yeah, it uh, is. <laughs> what, what other word is there? But but it's exciting you know, for this year. Oh, 100%. And God, this is almost impossible. But I, I think if I was to pick, if you had a gun to my head, I would pick Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. What, who would you pick? Oh, God, it's so tough. I really want Emerald Fennel to win because mm. her movie was so clever and so biting and so original mm. and Oh, my God, it was fantastic. But Nomadland was too. Absolutely beautiful for different reasons. It's just, it's it's too tough. It's too tough. Too tough. <laughs> All right, you're bowing out. Mm. Uh, let's see what we think about the best screenplay from Motion Picture category. Yep. We once again have Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, a really compelling script, mm. some incredible character arcs and design and dialogue there. We have Jack Fincher for Mank, Aaron Sorkin, of course, churning out an exceptional screenplay once again for The Trial of Chicago 7, Florian Zeller and Christopher Hampton for The Father, and then rounding out the category, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Now, as much as I love Emerald Fennel and Promising Young Woman and Nomadland, I think the father has to take this one out because it's such an incredible adaptation from stage to screen. Do you know what? I'm going to agree with you there. As as much as this category is bleeding with so much uh, talent, I think mm. the father is the one that stands out most here for that reason alone, I reckon. I agree. Best original score for a motion picture. Now, this is an interesting one. We've got Alexandra Desplat for The Midnight Sky, which is a film that wasn't received so well. That's George Clooney's film, yeah? I watched it and regretted every minute of it. <laughs> it's There's just nothing to it. It's oh. really, really boring. <laughs> Ludwig Gurunson for Tenant. That's interesting because we tore apart Tenant mm. and the sound design was pretty terrible. Yeah. Or the sound mixing, I should say, was pretty terrible. But the soundtrack was not too bad. Soundtrack was great. I don't think that is worth the criticism that the film in 
its totality got. So mm. I guess if there was any area of this film that deserved a nomination, it would be in the Best Original Score category. We've also got James Newton Howard, who did News of the World, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for Mank, and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross again with John Bastiste for Soul. I think Soul's going to take this one out. Soul has to take it. At its soul, this movie is about music and jazz. And I think that if that film wasn't nominated in this category, it would be absolutely disgraceful. But it is, so it's going to win. And that's my take on that. (laughs) So they're the top awards from the Golden Globes. Not very many surprises in there. A couple of snubs, as we mentioned. Ammonite was surprisingly missing. Mm. But the incredible thing is that Netflix has 22 nominations altogether. And Mank, which is from Netflix as well, a streaming service, has six awards. Yeah, Mank is quickly becoming an awards favourite here. And yeah, Netflix is dominating. Really extraordinary to see that number 22 next to that Mm. streamer. But uh, hey, it's the way of the world now. Followed distant second by Amazon Studios with only seven nominations. So yeah, yeah, Netflix is king here. Yep, indeed. Let's move on to the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which are pretty similar. So we won't go into too much detail here. But one thing that's different here is we need to call out the outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture, which is not in the Golden Globes. We've got To Five Bloods on Netflix, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom also on Netflix, Minari, One Night in Miami and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Notably missing here, and I think really disappointingly, is No Nomadland Ensemble. I'm disappointed in that. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I think that is definitely an ensemble drama that should be represented in this category. I agree. The only professional actor in that is Frances McDormand, but the Mm. cast of real, genuine, beautiful people that were in this film deserve to be nominated, I think. Yeah, it's a really authentic take on on the story and to position it with the recognition of a best cast in a motion picture, it yeah mm-hmm. definitely needs to be recognised here. But in terms of highlighting who is recognised, having watched Minari very recently, I just couldn't get enough of the beautiful symmetry and orchestral, mm-hmm. beautiful way that these characters all interacted with each other in funny and beautiful raw moments. I think it's the one of the best ensemble dramas that came out in 2020. Personally, I think Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or The Trial of the Chicago 7 are going to take it out. We'll see. Watch this space. We'll see. We'll see. Next category is Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Leading Role. We've got Amy Adams for Hillbilly Elegy, mm-hmm. Viola Davis popping up again with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Vanessa Kirby nominated here for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, of course, for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan rounding out the category with Promising Young Woman. Pretty standard, pretty similar to the Golden Globes. You've got Amy Adams as an extra inclusion there. But what's interesting about the SAG Awards is that this is considered an indicator to the Oscars. So these nominations are more of an accurate prediction, perhaps? Yeah, I think so. They're a little bit more pointed. The Golden Globes kind of faff about in trying to get particular publicity, but Mm -hmm. the SAG Awards don't they don't really fuck about. They're kind of like, they really seem to identify and be Mm. tuned in to the performances that really made the most impact from the year. Uh, So I agree. I agree with you there. I'm really hoping Frances McDormand takes it out. But then again, I'd be cheering on for Carrie Mulligan as well. Absolutely. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. We've got Riz Ahmed again, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, 
Gary Oldman for Mank and Stephen Yoon for Minari. That's another addition that's not in the Golden Globes. Yeah, and absolutely deserving, yeah. especially leading off the back of uh, Minari being nominated for Outstanding Performance by a Cast. It makes sense mm. that the leading actors or any actors in that film would be recognised in their own right in, in a specific category. So I'm really, really stoked with that nomination. What about Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role? Who have we got here? We've got Maria Bakalova nominated for Borat, subsequent movie film. Glenn Close is in here again for Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman from The Father. Oh, dare we go on again. Uh, Yoon Yu Jung from Minari, sensational. And Helena Zengel for her performance in News of the World, rounding out the category. I think Olivia Coleman's going to take it out for the father. She's the clear front runner. What about male actor in a supporting role? Who do you think will take this one out? Well, we've got Chadwick Boseman for De Five Bloods. Sasha Baron Cohen again being nominated for the trial of the Chicago Seven. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Jared Leto, hello, in mm-hmm. there again for the little things. And Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Pretty similar nominations there again. Um, Jared Leto keeps popping up. Do you think it's surprising that he's nominated for Best Performance in a Supporting Role, but there's no Mm. Denzel Washington or Rami Malek anywhere? I'm not surprised at all. Really? I'd be surprised if they were even on a shortlist, to be honest. Blasphemy. 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 Denzel Washington is the Meryl Streep of men. That is quite the headline. Look, Mm. I love Denzel. He's the man. He's an incredible actor. I just had no time for the little things. And the fact that Jared Leto keeps popping up is kind of mocking me a little bit. But here we are. (laughs) Make sure you go and check out our review for the little things because Tim had some things to say about it. One of the best things about the SAG Awards is how it acknowledges Mm. the stunt ensemble team Uh, in a motion picture because I think that films these days pushing the boundaries in leaps and bounds, literally things blowing up and these stunt people are just Mm. doing incredible things to bring incredible Mm. movies to us. And the films that are um, acknowledged in this category are De Five Bloods, Mulan, News of the World, The Trial of the Chicago Seven and Wonder Woman 1984, one of our little popcorn favourites of 2020, really. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 was one of my favourite films. I enjoyed it despite all the backlash it got. But I'm not sure about the stunt team being nominated. I love the stunt team from Wonder Woman. Mm. Don't get me wrong. The first film was fantastic. But if you remember from our review, I said they underutilised the stunt team in this film. So I'm surprised that the nomination is there. One that is missing is Mm -hmm. Tenet. Now, I know we tore this movie to shreds, but the stunt team is pretty incredible in this film. Yeah, I agree. I think what this category would unlock is even if you mightn't think that at face value the film was any good, you need to really respect and acknowledge some of the work that these departments put into it. And I agree. Why isn't Tenant here? It really should be. But if you were to Hero 1, what would it be? Lee in this category. Mulan, I think. Yeah, I agree. I really think so too. All right, let's move on to the Critics' Choice Awards. Now, these are our people, the critics. These are our people. They talk like us. They think like us. One of us. One of us. (laughs) Critics' Choice. Critics' Choice. But now we're going to tear their choices apart. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. We'll go uh, one by one. So, obviously, we're going to kick things off with the Best Picture category. Now, interestingly... Usually, 
you've got like five films nominated, mm. but it's actually quite a long list here. So we've got Defy Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Minari, News of the World, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, which I'm so glad to see that here, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Now, we've seen and heard all these movies since we've gone through Golden Globes and the SAG, so it's kind of like rounding it out, isn't it, a little bit? Yeah, but where the hell is the father? Oh my God, I didn't even notice it wasn't there, Lee. Why? Well, I don't understand why this movie is not critically acclaimed. These are our people, and that is a stupid omission. That actually makes no fucking sense whatsoever. The father is so effective and moving and immersive. It's an incredible piece of filmmaking. Where the hell is it? And it's very accessible for a general audience. It's Mm. not one of those critic favourite movies where it's kind of like trying to be too pretentious and clever. But having said that, Mm. it definitely talks to a critic audience. So why is it not there? I agree. What the fuck is going on? Best Director. We've got Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Spike Lee for Five Bloods, Regina King for One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Now, I don't think I can pick from this one. We've said that before in the other award rundowns. Way too tough to pick. It's almost, uh, yeah, against our morals, but Let's play a game, okay? Tell me who you think will win, but who you actually want to win. Oh, far out. I love this game. You're talking my language. Mm -hmm. Okay, so who I think will win is Chloe Zhao, but who I want to win, I think, would be Lee Isaac Chung in this category. What about you, Lee? Who I think will win is Aaron Sorkin. Oh. Because he's a white male and that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Who I want to win is a tie between Emerald Fennel and Chloe Zhao. Okay. Yeah, fair. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Aaron Sorkin is an incredible storyteller. Mm. But there's so much talent here. And to be honest, it comes from the women. And I think they need to be acknowledged this year. 100%, yep. so rightfully so. Let's talk about Best Actor for a second. A surprise inclusion here is yeah. Ben Affleck from The Way Back. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> Maybe not a surprise because his performance has been acclaimed, but we haven't seen him anywhere else. He's been very quiet on this circuit, and it's yeah interesting to see him pop up here, but uh, mm. rightfully so, I suppose. We've also got Riz Ahmed from Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Tom Hanks from News of the World, Anthony Hopkins from The Father, Delroy Lindo from Duffy Bloods, Gary Oldman from Mank, and Stephen Yoon from Minari. Again, really strong contenders there. Really strong contenders. No surprise. Come on, Anthony Hopkins, The Father. You got this, mm. old boy, old Tama. One surprise inclusion for Best Actress. We've got all the usual contenders, Viola Davis, Andrew Day, Vanessa Kirby, Frances McDormand, Kerry Mulligan again. But actually two surprise inclusions is we have mm. Sydney Flanagan from Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, and Zendaya from Malcolm and Marie, which is a great performance as well. We never saw Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always nominated as a movie. You really enjoyed that film as well. It's interesting that this is the first time we've seen it pop up on the circuit here. Mm. I'm not really sure whether Sydney's performance is particularly compelling or worth being in Mm. here, Mm. but I'm not surprised that it's there nonetheless. 
We'd like to mix it up. This is good that we can talk about some other categories such as best production design. Mm. Lee, here we've got Emma recognised, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank is in there, News of the World, The Personal History of David Copperfield, and then Tenant, uh, which I think is probably going to win here. The set pieces, mm. the things that they achieved in camera was extraordinary. So that's probably the yeah. standout in a production design sense for me. It really broke the mould in terms of um, what they were doing with the camera and the acting and the physicality of what the actors were doing. And the design of the film was so ambitious and I think it really mm. did pull that off in that sense. The scale, scope and telling the story through those set pieces 100% achieved what it was set out to do. I think that naturally leads into the next category we're going to discuss, which is best cinematography. Mm. So, De Five Bloods is recognised, First Cow, Mank, Minari, stunning cinematography there, yeah. News of the World, exceptional work in Nomadland, and then rounding it out is Tenet as well, which uh, is a pretty hard one to beat, I think, from a technical sense. Oh, really? You think so? I think yeah. I think Joshua James Richards has it for Nomadland, like the beautiful sweeping landscapes and the light that was used in this film was just beautiful. Yeah, lots of really challenging use of light in terms of filming scenes at daybreak and then at sunset, really limited windows to achieve the shots and the aesthetic and the tone. Uh, stunning mm. work from Joshua, totally agree. Let's jump over to best visual effects because that's a fun one, isn't it? It is a fun one. Uh, some interesting inclusions here. Greyhound, we kick off there, and I felt like the visual effects were very average in that Apple TV Plus original film. I think what we discussed at the time with that film is that it was supposed to be seen on the big screen, and I think it would have mm. been a lot more impressive had you seen it in a cinema rather than having it rushed to Apple TV. Yeah, I probably agree to you there. Maybe the the scope of it just wasn't really mm. achieved on, you know, your 55-inch telly. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. We have some stunning work from The Invisible Man. Very mm. minimal visual effects, but incredibly effective visual effects, which sometimes is the one thing that gets you over the line here. It doesn't matter about how much you do it, how you do it and do it well. I was really disappointed that The Invisible Man wasn't included in Best Cinematography. Yeah, that's a very good point. It was incredible cinematography by Stefan Duccio, who's an Australian, and I'm just surprised that that was omitted. I think, Lee, and I hope that the Academy might recognise their work on The Invisible Man from a cinematography point of view. Yeah. I think it definitely deserves to be there. So we'll just watch this space to see what the Academy turn out and hopefully cheer them on. Who else do we have in this category, Lee? We've got Mank. The Midnight Sky, Mulan, the visual effects in that were extraordinary. Tenant, mm. no surprise there. And then Wonder Woman 1984 rounding it out. No surprise that Wonder Woman 1984 was included, but I don't think it'll take it out because, I, as I said during the review, the special effects were misused, I think. Yeah. For me, I agree. And for me, I think the two standouts here that will probably take out the trophy would either be Mulan or Tenet for the exceptional mm. visual effects that they delivered across the film. There are so many more categories that we could cover off, but we don't have any more time for this episode, unfortunately. <laughs> Cannot wait to see who takes home all these awards. We 
are leaning in hard and fast in awards season. We're very excited. Thank you. If you're still with us listening, you made it through all this dialogue (laughs) uh, and thoughts, queries, questions, concerns about all these films that have been recognised. Watch this space. Hopefully you're as excited about awards season as Lee and I are. We'd really love to hear who you think are going to take the awards out. So reach out to us on our social media accounts and tell us, who do you want to win the Golden Globes the Screen Actors Guild, the Critic Choice. We love to chat this sort of stuff. We're here ready to have a dialogue about all this thing. And to be honest, Lee, I don't think we've had a more jam-packed episode of Popcorn Podcast ever. Absolutely full to the brim. Absolutely chockers. Well, guys, as always, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Come and join us in the conversation on Facebook. Like our page at Popcorn Podcast AU. And follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about these movies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.